Hi everyone and welcome to Sideload, the technology podcast from Edelman London where we look at how technology is impacting the way we communicate, our relationships with brands and each other and ultimately society. My name is Simon Madry and um, welcome to 2018. Um, it's our first episode for the year and um, you know, looking back at the episode list that we had um, in 2017, you know, we were really excited by what we were able to um, bring to you and also the people were able to get into the room. So um, thank you for everyone that took part and mainly to the people that listened. And we're really excited as to what um, this year might bring. Um, we're going to kick off this year with something a little bit different. So um, we have a number of events running through the Edelman calendar. And one of those is the Crystal Ball event. Now, it was held at the end of last year. So apologies for bringing it to you uh, a little bit late. However, um, we had quite a good uh, pipeline of guests and content towards the end of last year and things just got away with us, get away from us, I should say, um, as happens around, around Christmas time. So, um, apologies about that, but, um, it's kind of a good way to, to start off the year. And that's because Crystal Ball is all about getting some of the best brains from the industry to tell us about, you know, what they think is, uh, going to be the most important um, trends and things to look out for uh, in the year ahead. I won't um, introduce the, the the guests because um, we, we have quite a good clip doing that, um, uh, which will do it better justice than I ever could. But some of the topics you'll hear about is Alexa and the nightmare for brands, how millennials uh, will leverage their voice, Twitter, you know, is it really reflective of the real world and what's a good way to build a resistance against some of the um, negative conversations you might see there. And will robots become a help or a hindrance in 2018? Just to, to wrap it off. So um, we hope that you enjoy this um, selection of tech-related clips from Crystal Ball um, last year. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see um, when we look back at this in 12 months' time just to, to see how many of these actually um, came to came to bear. So, uh, without further ado, um, please enjoy Crystal Ball. Uh, welcome to Edmund's equivalent of Olmur's Armagnac, or Armagnac, or even Armagnac. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you are in the Edelman universe, uh, here in the room or joining us on a Facebook galaxy far, far away, this is a morning of fun. Last year's guests didn't get much right. They get, just kept saying, Brexit means Brexit. Uh, <laughs> and they were right. And, uh, but who could have predicted um, Theresa May's massive miscalculation, Donald Trump's tweet rate, calling Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas a Native American event seemed to be nothing when it came to what happened next, uh, which was giving sucker to a far-right group with 42 million tweet followers. Uh, who could have imagined the Weinstein Farago that's taken down many offenders or Kim Jong-un's penchant for rolling missile tests? Or indeed, the Saudi version of Pentonville at the Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> or indeed, the fact that millions of people, and this really, really annoys me, millions of people order someone around called Alexa all the time without saying please. <laughs> in fact, in our house, if it's ever happens, I say, will you just say please? Uh, this year's panel might do better. Of course, it's an unscientific look ahead to 2018, but it's not an uneducated one. So on our sparkling panel this morning, 
First, the international star of stage and screen, Catherine Ryan. Her Netflix original comedy special was released in 190 countries. Ooh. The writer and performer has appeared in a host of TV programs, not least last week, which was a very good news for you, and has performed her show, Cathburn, at two sellout nationwide tours. Kamal Ahmed is the BBC's economics editor, but prior to joining the BBC, he worked as chief reporter, executive editor, political editor, media editor, and royal correspondent on a variety of national newspapers. <laughs> because of the latter, though, we expect some hot tips on the royals, but predicting a wedding next year just isn't going to cut all this. <laughs> Uh, nor will uh, predict in the first Bitcoin billionaire, because I think that's actually happened. Uh, Marisa Drew has been in investment banking for 30 years. She's had, as we say in Scotland, a queen of awards, including the accolade of one of the most powerful women in Britain. She's been with Credit Suisse for 14 years and is the co-chair of Credit Suisse's Diversity Leadership Council. But she has a new role, and that is a CEO of the Impact Advisory uh, Finance Group, coordinating investment with a social return. And in fact, it's really about, and indeed with wealthy individuals, particularly young wealthy individuals, they now feel this great sense of duty to give something back, which is not what you could say about the masters of the universe in the 1980s and 90s. She said she is a frustrated creative in a banker's body. <laughs> this morning we're going to release that. <laughs> <laughs> Jess Phillips, I would argue, is a Labour MP just as well known as the man that she's never afraid to criticise, her <laughs> boss, Jeremy Corbyn. But had she been sitting here this time last year, I doubt she would have predicted that he would have made the cover of the Christmas edition of GQ magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Jess is MP for Birmingham Yardley. She's Birmingham's first ever victims champion, unfazed by most things. She writes acerbic funny columns and calls out sexist attitudes and is passionate about women's rights. Now, of course, as you know, Ed Williams is battling for the home team, and indeed batting for it as well. Uh, the CEO of Edelman UK Ireland and the Vice Chairman Europe Edelman, formerly he oversaw communications at two global media companies, the BBC and Reuters. Of course, he's deeply cultured. He uh, is the board, board of the Royal uh, College of Art, the Wolf Institute, and he's passionate about ballet. But this is it about, listen to this about him. Last year, he predicted there would be an election. Theresa May would be held by the throat with the DUP. Roger Federer and Gabina Mugurzura would be the Wimbledon champions. He predicted the date of Harry and Meghan's engagement. <laughs> All of this naturally is untrue, but he is completely yeah. brilliant. So welcome, to our, <laughs> welcome to our panel. <laughs> You mentioned Alexa. I mean, apart from feeling very uncomfortable about barking orders uh, a Absolutely. sort of woman, it, woman's name in a you know in a machine. I mean, I think for if you're a brand, this is a nightmare. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you remember with Google and with search, it was a nightmare for news brands because suddenly your brand didn't matter anymore. It just you put in your Google box, mm. search for news, and news comes up. It doesn't matter whether it's BBC, Guardian, FT, whatever. Right. This is what's going to happen with voice command commerce now. That uh, the real risk is that unless you have a cool brand, i.e., a brand that stands for something that's memorable, that has cut through, um, you're going to end up being disaggregated by an algorithm. Mm -hmm. So if you're a consumer brand business, I think this is a really existential and frightening moment. 
We've already seen, you know, consumer behavior change from shopping on the high street to shopping online and tapping stuff in. Now we're just, you know, shouting at machines. So um, I think that is quite a worrying thing for consumer brands. Wildcard? Uh-huh. I think Donald Trump will be banned uh-huh. from Twitter for, uh, uh, for inciting racial hatred. Yeah. See, on the Alexa I mean, it's not a crazy idea. No, it's not, I think it's actually a very possible thing if Twitter is actually on their game. That could be something. That's what I would be advising. Yeah. Um, on that, just quickly on the Alexa front, I mean, the technology is interesting because it's, uh, in our house, it's not in, uh, it's in my husband's study, and I took a call in my husband's study the other day talking mm. to a perfectly normal person about something really boring, and Alexa chipped in. I didn't even, uh. I didn't even ask for her to chip in. Well, she'll start buying things for you as well, just by listening. <laughs> this is a this is serious worry. I switched it off. Absolutely true. It's a horrific idea. There's a, a big change when you said what will happen, how will that, how will millennials sort of um, yeah. uh, leverage their their voice? And I think there's this big change in two ways uh, against sort of nation-state democracy, as you might describe mm-hmm. it, and they are technology and localism. Mm-hmm. And I think technology versus democracy is one of the big trends, not over the next year, but over the two next two three decades. Where does power really reside? Are Facebook and Google more powerful than governments? That's one thing. I think the other thing as well, which we need to think about over these big trend, this notion of big trend ideas, is the notion of localism. And you act locally to do things that mean that your community is better supported. And that's around social enterprise. That's around the type of actions you take. And this notion of devolved power to local government, to uh, local communities, I think is, and and politicians who can get ahead of that debate, I think will be the ones which get engagement from this younger generation. I think there's a danger with millennials being disengaged with politics and democracy when democracy doesn't work for them. And they, um, in my experience, do have uh, an immediate gratification response, and if it's, if they if Twitter has a higher standard than the White House, and you're talking about Twitter banning Donald Trump, but he can still be the president, I mean, I don't blame them for disengaging. Yes, My daughter the other day said, "Mommy, please bring me the chocolate from today's advent calendar," and I said, "Well, isn't the fun in opening the door?" She said, "Mommy, it's December 3rd. I've already opened two doors," <laughs> and she wouldn't do it. Uh, and I do think um, we talk a lot. And, um, my in broadcasting, oh, how do we put the YouTube on the TV? It will not work. I do think we have a responsibility to learn their language and to get in their environment. And it is a language. That's why I'm on all the social media because I want to be engaged. But but the, the, the flip side of that has been in the last two years, and I think will continue massively. The idea that millennials actually is not just about quick social media. They're watching high-impact documentaries mm-hmm. that make a massive difference. So what happened with Blackfish two years ago, which closed down so many different areas, they actually want long-form good material. They mm-hmm. want to learn this idea that it's all social media. Yeah. It, although, it's not borne out. Although, is it not true also, Kirsty, that we see a kind of rise in militancy in, in the mm-hmm. sense that there are now increasingly topics that actually are off limits in terms of comedy, um, that, and I think this is a particular, you know, this is something of the, 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 this particular generation, that there is a particular way of looking at the word and thinking, and anything outside of that somehow well, is not, you know. So, that, so no, what, what do you think then? Do you think that next year we're going to see even more no platforming? So, yeah, so it started in universities, yeah. right, with safe spaces, which for me, you know, the fun of going to university is, frankly, you run into people that are massively irritating and have different views to you and are ag- aggravating, yeah. Yeah. and that is the point of going to an institution of learning. 
And the fact now that, you know, think about it just in TV terms. Thank God we've got something like The Last Leg on Channel 4, which is, as, you know, this is, there, are, there are elements, I think, parts of life that you can't make jokes about anymore. And I'm also massively worried that we've, we've now got to a place in this country, we were talking about this earlier, where look at what Pizza Hut did yesterday with The Sun. They apologised for, for running a, um, uh, a, an offer in The Sun this week that you collect a token and you can pick up a pizza. And they were shamed online into advertising in The Sun. That somehow, I mean, what happened that suddenly that is a crime to advertise in The Sun or The Mail, right? But we've somehow got into a place where that actually is okay. You can be swarmed online, and you like paper chase and Pizza Hut and Lego, and you can. This is not a good it's, thing. It, so it is the power of being trolled. I mean, yeah. you, 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 the, the whole thing about trolling is yet another thing that has become massive in the last year. And Jess, you suffer like so many people from trolling, and I just wonder. In the end, does it hurt your soul, or do you just what do you do? It doesn't hurt my soul. It hurts it. I worry about, so I can see all the tweets that are coming in about this, and I know that this must be being monitored because there will be death threats and rape yeah. threats against me going on in this feed now. There will be people wishing that I would, you know, basically be strangled, that my children would be hurt, that I should definitely lose my job. I mean, that's the low-level threat, but, you know, it's being monitored. It says, look, it yeah, future, future uh, uh, prime minister. Yeah, yeah I mean, which is considerably nicer, although probably about as pleasant um, <laughs> <laughs> at the moment. Um, um, so it, it doesn't... Um, it bothers me when it happens to other people who are in my feed with me. So my local primary school will say that I'm coming and they'll get a load of shit, and that's not OK. Um, but... It doesn't, it doesn't silence me, actually, at all. Um, I, it used to, because I'd just be like, I'm really tired. But now, I actually, I completely ignore it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that Pizza Hut should have... It was something like 750 people who complained. What we have to remember is who our constituencies mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. do you think that, honestly, that anyone in my constituency saw that story about Pizza Hut? Mm -hmm. They really, really didn't. They really, really are going to carry on eating well, in Pizza Hut. I, I think as well that we can become confused. We can confuse Twitter with the real world. Mm -hmm. And we may live on it and we may um, yeah. uh, uh, debate with it. But we've got to remember that lots and lots of people are not in this world. And I think that although you need a resilience, I mean, I, you know, obviously the BBC has been under, is, under, is sometimes under a lot of attack from Twitter, and particularly someone like Laura um, in, a, in a quite disgraceful way at times. But you, you build a resistance to that, but also you need to remember that it's not the real world. I'm very well aware that we're running over, but I do want to take this final quick question uh, right around the table. Will robots become a help or a greater hindrance in 2018? Robots a help or a hindrance, Marisa? I think um, robots will free us up from some of the menial tasks that humans don't like to do. On the other hand, I'm going to give you a, a, a muted view because um, I think in the short term, the disruption is so quick that it's very hard to react. So it is very, very difficult to, if you lose the 50-year-old off the production line, to retrain that person to code. It's not going to happen in the short term, and certainly not in 12 months. Ed? What underlies that question is basically a fear of change and a fear of technology 
eroding jobs, and that is a very real and good fear to have. I mean, I think one of the other panelists talked about the concentration of power with technology. I think that is the biggest story of the moment, actually, that the fact that actually power doesn't reside down the road anymore. It resides in with tech. So, I mean, my final prediction, actually, I think it's be, going to be an Annus Horribilis for Facebook next year. I think there's a whole series of issues and a, and a range of stakeholders that have got Facebook in their site. So I think next year it's going to be tricky for them, actually. Catherine? Um, I think as te technology and robots are here, whether we like it or not, you can't put the, I don't know the euphemism, can't put the cat back in the box. So um, I think that we need to look to a way to make sure it's a help and not a hindrance because it's a double-edged sword. But I like robots. They help me. I hope they can continue to you know, technology the way driverless cars. Yeah. Look to Jeremy Clarkson. Who knew? Well, they are sending. <laughs> I'd be very glad when a robot can uh, do a two-way with John Humphreys, and I don't have to bother. Um, <laughs> I think. Is mean, a robot? I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think broadly we have to have be optimistic that, that if there is the right type of debate, robots will be good for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think they're a help. And while robots start to take over the world, people like me who do my job will still walk around an ancient building yeah. when we could just press a button until 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Just walking around in circles for no results. Yeah. So if we could get a robot to do that, I'd be, I'd be very, very, very grateful. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please thank our panel very much indeed. So we hope you enjoyed those tech highlights from uh, Crystal Ball uh, at Edelman. Um, we'll be really interested to see um, how many of those predictions come true over the course of the next 12 months. Um, but also for those of you who regularly listen in, you'll know that we typically have a little bit of a preview um, from the previous episode and didn't really feel right to kind of jam it in there in the middle. So we're going to do it at the end now. And the last episode was um, really, really special for us because we managed to get uh, Edelman's global um, CEO, Richard Edelman, um, into um, into the room and to, to share some of his thoughts. So to close off today's episode, you're going to hear a bit from Richard Edelman. And if you'd like to listen back to that full episode or any other episode, please do so. We always encourage you to subscribe, listen um, on any of your favorite platforms, whether it be iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or, or so on. So um, thank you again. And uh, if you'd like to get in touch, sideload at Edelman.com. Thanks. I think job loss is the biggest fear that uh, people have, being replaced either by globalization or, or automation. Robots are not proven to be job enhancers. <laughs> Um, and there has to be strong academic work, but also policy work, um, as in a certain way, social safety net. Also, um, a lot of the um, sharing economy jobs, uh, which are powered by tech, uh, actually don't have adequate social safety net either. And so I really urge the Ubers and others to be leaders in, in helping um, workers see that they'll be better off and that their families will have a better future.